welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello, everyone. This is Natalina, the CEO and founder of Rise Up For You. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an incredible episode with Chris M. King. This is a unique episode that, uh, you know, we haven't had this topic on the show thus far. We're going to be talking with Chris about how to really understand professional men and how to make sure that between men and women, we are able to bridge the gap, lessen our arguments and really understand where they're coming from and how we can indeed support them. So Chris is a business coach who works with C-suit executives business owners, professional athletes, celebrities, and even politicians in areas such as marketing, branding, public relations, communication, goal and intention setting, work-life balance, and strategies. For more personal matters, he's an incredibly intuitive and compassionate life coach, assisting clients in times of transition, feeling stuck, future planning, and living more fulfilling and expressive lives. As a motivational speaker, Chris speaks on a wide variety of topics. He works with business owners and their staff on goal attainment, team building, client acquisition and retention, conflict issue resolution, and community. Chris also is a part of the men's movement. He's not shy about discussing masculinity with teenage boys and young men. He's happy to discuss online dating for single groups and as a panelist for Allison Armstrong's Understanding Men seminar, Chris answers the questions women have hesitated to ask men. And today, he's going to dive into some of these issues and topics. So here we go. Let's jump straight into it. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, an executive coach and motivational speaker. Uh, I, basically what that means is I ensure that my client's mental framework is in alignment with their actions and their goals so that they can really get what they what they want. Um, you know, I, as far as motivational speaking, I, I joke, I think I was born on a soapbox and, uh, and that it sort of became a natural thing for me. And, uh, it's just one of my favorite things just to just be on stage and share myself and, and my story and, uh, and uplift and inspire others. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you got here and, and what's your story behind it. You know, it's a, uh, it's kind of a, uh, what I, the culmination of, of so many different things. I, um, the whole foundational piece of what I do is all about authentic empowerment. I never give my clients advice. I never tell them what to do. My job is to simply help them access the answers that are inside of them and support them through the process of implementing what they then know they, they want and need to do. And, and this came about for me be, because I spent a, a, a lifetime in a world of uh, inauthenticity, 
Um, mm. You know, this goes way back to when I was a kid, and there was a, a you know one of those childhood events where I really showed up as myself and uh, really pure and authentic because I didn't know any other way to be, and I was publicly shamed for that. And uh, and the the message that I took away was that I should be terribly concerned with what other people think and and how I'm being perceived. And so I spent my whole life trying to control everybody else's perception of me, which is exhausting, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and it never quite felt right. And I ended up with a, with a career in marketing and PR, and I was, a, I was a radio broadcaster for a number of years. And ultimately, I got to a point where I was like, there's something wrong. This just doesn't fit. And when I finally discovered that the thing that was missing in my life was me, that's when I made the choice to, to, to make some real changes. You know, it's so interesting when you talk about this concept of uh, being authentic and it's something that we we all see in others, right? We're very quick to be like, oh, they're not authentic or they're not being their true selves. But in actuality, as human beings, as you mentioned, we tend to struggle with this a lot. And as you mentioned, mainly because we want other people to, um, I don't know, I guess like us and uh, think that we're cool or whatever it is. And we tend to kind of put on a different hat in front of people besides really just showing up as who we are. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. You know, I think so many people out there are living in ways that are, that are just not quite in alignment with who they really are. And, and it, it can be in any number of things, you know, in, even in, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I know that I've done this in my life where, you know, when I was in romantic partnership, I, you know, my girlfriend would ask me, you know, what do you want to eat? And it was very much, oh, well, whatever you want. And that's, no, you know what? I want pizza actually. <laughs> in the simplest ways we placate and we abdicate our, our empowerment. We abdicate ourselves to other people. And, um, and, and it's so, it's so disempowering for ourselves, but it's also dishonoring for the other person because we're denying them the opportunity to really get to know us and really connect with us in a deeper and, uh, and more authentic way. Right. I completely agree with that. So Chris, do you tend to, I mean, I guess, what is your ideal client? Do you work a lot with men? I know that you do a lot of work um, with helping others understand professional men. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely true. There's, um, there is a, a, uh, well, it's kind of pandemic in our society. There's the, the sort of, and you've probably met them, the somewhere between 35 to 55 year old man and child sort of mentality running around mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they're all over the place. And the, and the thing is that, um, most of the time we don't even know it. Like we, when we're that guy and I was that guy. And I didn't even know it. And I, and I spent so much time and energy um, trying to satisfy something inside me that I didn't consciously recognize was missing. And, and this shows up in any number of ways. A lot of men, they will, um, you know, they'll, they'll chase titles or they'll chase bigger dollars. And, and it's beyond the typical, oh, I you know, want a nicer car. I want to go on vacation or something like that. It's, they're, they're chasing a piece of themselves that they don't recognize is missing. And, and this goes back to, to really in childhood. I mean, for me, the experience was quite simply that there was no real rite of passage into, in, into masculinity, in, into being a man in, in you know, the 21st century. Tribal cultures really understand this. You know, there's when they're today you're invited to come along on the hunt with the men or something, or you get tattooed or they do there's, there's ritual and there's this rite of passage. And what's important about that is that it really 
does call us forward as men to take our place uh, in society, in our community, uh, and, and to contribute to something that is larger than just ourselves. And now when I'm out in my life and, um, and interacting with other men and I see my friends or even strangers with children, I think to myself, you know, these are also my children. You know, it is my job uh, to, to contribute to, to the community and, and be a part of something that's larger than myself. And when I, when I finally got out of my own way, and stop trying to be so so self-serving. I, it just felt so much better, and it was like, wow, I can really I can really be of service to other people, and I can be of service to my community and to my family and to my friends, and 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 it just it has such a a more uh, what am I trying to say a, a larger impact in in my world and and for myself. So this is a really interesting topic, and it's something that I. Um I really love and enjoy talking about it. and I know that the audience loves listening because it's we you know we tend to as a society always talk about women what do women want um, how do women act and whatnot and we almost um, create this this vision of the almighty man that they have it all together and they're fine and they're the confident one and whatnot I have two brothers so I understand that that's not the case <laughs> so you know what can we do better as a society and as women to I guess support men, understand them, and really kind of get a more under, you know, a, a better understanding of how they feel and what they're going through, especially in their professional life. You know, that's a great question. Um, the the first thing that we can do in in any situation where somebody is, uh, you know, not behaving as we would want them to, or or maybe they're just behaving badly, uh, and we have a lot of judgment about that. The the first thing we can do is release the judgment. Just let go of how wrong it is, how bad it is, or that, you know, whatever name we want to call this person, oh, he's a jerk, or he's, you know, an egomaniac, or he's arrogant, or any of this stuff. These are all judgments. And if we can recognize that there is something in their psyche that's driving that, and replace the judgment with compassion. And, and I'm not saying feel sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for anybody. I have empathy all day long. I have no sympathy for anybody because, again, that's a, that's a disempowering thing. Oh, you poor person mm-hmm. is very disempowering. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it really becomes a, uh, a place of understanding. Um, you know, when women are relating to these men, it's, it's really important to understand that, wow, you know what? He's chasing something or something is missing and he's really looking to compensate for that. One of my favorite examples, um, you know, to this kind of point is, say, a man, <clears throat> excuse me, who's recently lost his job. That's a very difficult time for a man because a lot of men get their identities wrapped around their careers, and so when they lose their career, they lose their identity, and they lose their uh, their sense of masculinity. And I've been through this, so I know exactly what it is. And I will share with you that one of the most difficult things for a man to deal with is feeling uh, emasculated. Mm. And one of the most difficult things for a woman to have to deal with is a man, is to be engaged with uh, a man in some way, shape, or form that feels as though he's emasculated because he'll start doing things, of course, completely unconsciously to replace what he doesn't recognize is missing. I mean, we'll start picking fights and we'll want to be right all the time and we'll, you know, maybe we'll start drinking to medicate or something. But but the important thing is to understand, wow, you know, there's something going on and it's very difficult, especially when, when your man wants to attack you, you know, because he's upset about this thing that's missing. 
it's hard. You know, we want to internalize it and we want to fight back and we want to defend ourselves. And, um, and one of my favorite phrases that, that I like to share with anybody to ever say to somebody that's coming at them is, is to just simply kind of look at them and say, wow, I see you're really upset here and get it. Like, I hear you. And it's just a very powerful statement just to be, to, to really witness that and let that person know, hey, you know what? I really see you. And it changes things dramatically. Mm. Wow. I mean, it's, um, you say it and it all makes complete sense. And easier said than done, right? For for some people, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely a practice. I, um, you know, I had a beautiful opportunity to to really contribute to my community of men um, a couple of months ago. I, I was walking around my my hometown of Santa Monica, and I heard this guy. He was chanting, um, and I won't repeat exactly what he said, but it was it was not a very respectful thing about women and how he was excited about going and, and, you know, searching for one. And, mm. uh, and, and, but it was the way he said it and, uh, and he caught my look. And so he kind of adjusted his language after that and, and said it again in a, in a, you know, a different way, a much more polite and respectful way. And, um, and, in, and now I could have very easily come from a place of judgment and said, Oh, right. you're wrong. And that's disrespectful and all this kind of stuff. But instead, I just made a statement of fact, and I just said, you know, I really, I appreciate the way you said that the second time a lot better. And, uh, and he looked at me and said, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. And, uh, and I said, you know what? I said, you didn't offend me. I said, but you cheapened yourself, and you're better than that, and you know it. And he looked at me, and he just stunned. He said, you just completely changed my life. And it was such a beautiful moment where there we were in brotherhood, in unity, in contribution. And that was so much better than coming from a place of trying to shame him or judge him or wrong him into correcting his behavior. Mm. It wasn't about you know being disrespectful to other people or anything like that. It was about him honoring himself. And that that was just a complete paradigm change. And it was just, it was an incredible moment for me. I felt so great. It was very self-serving in that regard. <laughs> so what, what do you recognize, you know, when you're working with men, what do you recognize them? Um, what are their ways of, I guess, acting out when they're, so that we can be able to identify them as well? You know, that's again, a great question. Um, there are some, there are some obvious ways, uh, and typically the, the, the bigger and more potentially damaging, uh, things, you know, um, men, men cheat sometimes. There's a reason for that. And, and while we could wrong them and judge them and all this kind of stuff, um, there's something deeper going on, uh, most of the time. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I guess there's some men that are just opportunists or something like that, but typically there's something else going on. They're trying to compensate for something. They're trying to replace something that, that is missing inside them. Um, you know, maybe they're burning through a lot of money or maybe they're, uh, self-sabotaging in some way, shape or form. You know, I, um, there's actually a good friend of mine who, who went through a period where he was, Presumably, everything looked good on the outside. It looked like he had money, and it looked like the job was going well, and marriage was great. And then come to find out, the marriage was in real trouble. His finances were a disaster. He was in all kinds of trouble with the IRS and everything. And so it was just major self-sabotage. And, and it's because he really never, never really connected with that thing in him 
that lets him know that he's worth it and he deserves it and he can have what he wants and he doesn't have to um, take scraps. He doesn't have to go after low-level stuff because of the high-level things that he's missing. You know, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, choosing the salad over the candy bar. You know, it's, it's like you can have the thing that's good for you and, and it feels better. You don't have to settle uh, and sabotage yourself or anything like that. Um, most of the time, it's just listening. Just listen to what what he is saying, and and then just you know, what we call active listening, where it's really repeating it back in your own words to to really ensure that you understand and communicate to him that you understand. You know, so if you understand, if I understand you correctly, what you're telling me is this. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, great, I understand. Um, just listening, and and you know the. Uh, just getting men to communicate can sometimes be a challenge, but most of the time, if we feel safe, if we know that our friend, our partner, wife, what have you, is a safe place to express and communicate, we're much more willing to do it. So that's, that's what I was going to ask you is when men are kind of going through these struggles, you know, how do they want to receive that support and, and what do they want? You know, it, it's, it's a little more, um, I guess it's more easy for women, right? Like when we were going through struggles, like we want people there, <laughs> right? We want that comfort. We want that support. Like, you know, but for men, there's often times where sometimes they just want to deal with it on their own. And yeah. you know, what can, how do we deal with that? Especially when we want to be there for them. Right. That's, um, you know, it's, it's, so tough sometimes in that kind of dynamic um, because yeah, men, we do want to solve it on our own. And, and there's something about that, that, you know, where, where we're hesitant to, to reach out for support or help. But my, my favorite, uh, I'll give you a couple of don't do this first. Don't ever provide answers, especially if you're dealing with somebody who is feeling, you know, emasculated in some way or, or just down their, their egos taken a hit because if we start providing them answers, then it only contributes to that problem. Mm. So it's so my my favorite question is quite simply, you know, once you know, I, I hear you, I see what's happening. How can I support you in that? You know, just asking that open-ended question, um, and it's different than saying, "Can I help you?" Because when <laughs> whenever somebody says, "Can I help you?" No, that's not fault. Go to your response, especially with men. We're always going to go with the default no. You know, can I help you? Do you need anything? None of those are really going to produce a, an answer. But leaving an open-ended question like how can I support you or what, you know, what do you need to, uh, to move forward from, from this point, those kinds of questions presume that there is something. And so the man goes inside and starts looking for what that is instead of just rejecting uh, with no. Right. Okay. Okay. So don't, don't provide answers, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, don't tell us what to do. Okay. <laughs> okay don't blatantly. No. Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> okay. well, you know, men do this all the time, right? You know, if you, you know, the woman comes to a man and says, ah, oh, you know, works, you know, my boss is driving me crazy and this is going on, blah, blah, blah. Well, why don't you just do this? I mean, that's our first thing. Like fix it. You know, we see something wrong. You know, something's wrong in our woman's life and we go in with fixing it with answers, with solutions. 
And, and I, will, I will share with you my favorite uh, five-word sentence that, that all women need to teach men and all men need to know. It is quite simply, what's my role here, babe? That's it. Ah. When she starts talking and going into something, you know, what's my role here, babe? Do you want feedback? Do you want support in this? Do you want me to provide my opinion? Do you want answers? Do you want me to just listen and hold the basket for you? What, what's my role here, babe? Because once we know what that is, that then, we, then we know how to show up and be of service. Our default way of showing up as men and being of service is fixing stuff, you know, answering questions, you know, going out there and getting it, doing it, solving it, fixing it. That's kind of our default thing. But if we understand what what the service is that you're really looking for because you know, we assume you're the services you're looking to fix the problem and that's not always the case in fact most of the time it's not most of the time you, women just want us to listen and the beautiful thing about that is it also acknowledges her it acknowledges her intelligence it acknowledges her ability to figure things out it acknowledges her ability to deal with things and all we're doing is supporting her in that and that creates so uh such a strong partnership between two people um and it's much less of the uh kind of a dependency like i have a question you provide the answers kind of thing mm. it's, it's much more bi-directional right Wow, I love that. I, and I love this conversation. It's, it's uh, not one that I've had yet, which is great. Um, Chris, I'd love to jump into the power section, if you don't mind. Um, what is one book that you have read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Oh, just one. Um, you know, for, I would say probably, I don't know how to measure one over the other, but I will say that Iron John from Robert Bly is perfect for, for this topic of conversation. Um, it really does speak to, and it's a little dated right now. It was, I think it was written in the nineties. Um, but it really kind of goes over the last hundred years of men, uh, particularly in Western culture and, and what's happened. You know, it starts with the man in the fifties and then how we got into our feminine side in the sixties and then what happened in the seventies and the and what we can do to change our relationship uh, with them, with each other, the, um, it's, it's, it's really quite a powerful read. And I recommend this to – I recommend it to any man, but I also recommend it especially to women raising men. I mean if you are a woman that has a young boy, this is going to provide you some great information as far as – what some of the stumbling blocks are because we are a society of men raised primarily by women. Mm. And most of us as men, we have abusive fathers, overbearing fathers, absentee fathers. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of had all of the above really. Um, the, we also have very nurturing, loving, sweet mothers. And we've kind of lost that idea of, you know, kind of what I alluded to before that it takes it doesn't just take a man to raise a man. It takes a community of men to raise a man. And right. understanding, you know, from and when a woman can understand what the, and it, oh man, this sounds so terrible to say it this way, so I'll apologize, uh, you know, what the limitations are. Um, because it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it, it, I can't understand what childbirth is like, you know, there's, right. there's no way I'm ever going to get there. And right. so there, that's a limitation that I have. Right. 
So it's that kind of thing. It's not that women are incapable and that they can't do it or anything like that because I know plenty of men that were raised by women. I also know the part of the psyche that's missing that, that a woman cannot give her young boy. And, and, that's, and so there are all kinds of other ways that you know, maybe she can um, be on the lookout for. Right. You know, and just, just aware of like, you know, maybe there's seminars, maybe there's books, maybe there's, you know, any number of different things, any organizations. Um, you know, there's, there's also, um, one of, there's an organization out there right now that I'm, I'm connected to is, uh, the Mankind Project International. And that speaks to this kind of thing. Mm, I love that. And what's one thing, Chris, that you've accomplished that you're proud of? Oh man. Uh, Sharing this conversation with you, I think, is because I had to go through all this stuff. Like the reason that I'm uniquely qualified to work in this realm is because I have done everything that 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 I've talked about. I mean, I've I've cheated and I've been cheated on, and I've chased the money and I've lost the jobs and I've you know it just I've I've been through the fire and. And it provides me a unique perspective because I, I have a, uh, a real connectivity with the experience. Um, now, everybody interprets things differently and their experience is going to be you know, invariably different. But, um, but I understand it enough that, um, that I can support people through the process. Right, you know? right. And what's, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning or when you get your day going, are there any routines that you have that help you maybe get a positive rise in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I particularly focus on in my coaching practice is about high performance coaching. And it's, uh, most people think they're high performers and and most people really aren't. (laughs) Um, but there are a couple of things that I, that I recommend. Um, meditation is incredible. And I, and I know a lot of people say, Oh, I don't have time to meditate. And there's a, there's a great quote says you should meditate for 10 minutes a day, unless you don't have time, in which case you should meditate for an hour. Mm. And, uh, so meditation is great. And even just giving yourself four minutes of this is non-negotiable, just four minutes of meditation because it will, it, meditation will change your life and, and allowing yourself that space. Um, and I'll say this much about meditation because a lot of people kind of put it off. They say, I don't know how to meditate or I can't quiet my mind. It's not about quieting your mind. It's, it's simply about noticing what's going on and then releasing those thoughts. It's like, okay, I'm thinking about that. I got to feed the dog. Okay. Let that go. Okay. Now I notice that I'm thinking about my wife. Okay. Let that go. Now I know, you know, it's just noticing those thoughts and then letting them go. Right. And if you can do that for four minutes, um, you'll start to develop that quiet kind of space. Okay. Um, the other thing is, uh, and this sounds really silly, but lay out your clothes that you're going to wear the night before because it really does. It's, it's removing unnecessary decisions from your morning and it's, it's an incredible time saver. If you, if you get up and go to the gym or something, uh, which I also recommend, uh, but have, the, have your gym bag packed and ready to go. Have your clothes laid out and ready to go. Removing the unnecessary decisions from the morning really frees up your mind. And space in your mind is like space in your closet. So right. I love that. Stuff you don't need, you're, gonna, you're not going to have room for the stuff you do. What a great quote. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, again, it's been such an honor to have you on the show today. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want to say or share with our audience? Maybe one last golden nugget. You know, the um, I've, I've also done a lot of stuff with regard to women and, and working with them. And I think, I think the one thing that I really like to share, particularly with women, um, but, but with men as well, is quite simply that 
whatever you think, you're right. I mean, if you think that you're not smart enough, if you think that you're fat, if you think that you're unattractive, if you think whatever it is, you're right. And if you think that you're beautiful, if you think you're incredibly intelligent, if you think that you're a wonderful person, you're right. And it just, it's amazing how that, um, how that affects uh, ourselves and how we, how we relate to the world and how we show up in the world. Mm. Um, everybody is beautiful and the, the constructs as you know, that we, how we define that is, is kind of ridiculous as far as, you know, just the body types and all this kind of nonsense. And, um, and yeah, I just, I really encourage people to, to honor and acknowledge who and what they are and their, their own, you know, majesty and magnitude, because, you know, we're, we're really all Kings and Queens. We just have to recognize that. Absolutely. And I always say that the thoughts that you have, that's what shows up with your actions a hundred percent. And sometimes we don't even realize that, you know, all of these thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves, just as you mentioned, they show up in every action that we do and we receive exactly what we put out there. It's absolutely true. And if you're ever not sure about how you feel about yourself or what you think of yourself, all you have to do is look at how you're viewing the world and other people. Mm. We don't see the world as it is. We don't see other people as they are. We see those things as we are. Right. So if I see somebody that's an arrogant jerk, guess what? I'm probably an arrogant jerk. Right. Right. <laughs> so true. Chris, thank you again for coming on the show. It's been an honor. I would love to have you back actually, but how do we stay connected to you and support you in the meantime? Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, being on the show. This is really a lot of fun for me. I, you know, I love talking about this stuff. You can always go to my website, chrismking.com. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at chrismikeking. Um, Facebook, I'm, I'm everywhere. It's, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that episode. If you're wanting more strategy, tips, and information, please head over to riseupforyou.com and sign up for our emailing list. We have a special jumpstart guide that gives you the first few steps to building your professional and personal life. Rise Up For You is all about getting to the next step and never allowing yourself to settle. So again, please head over to riseupforyou.com, join our network, and rise up in both your professional and personal life. Thank you again for joining. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.